Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, this week, I'm calling the shots. Oh no. Another innocent girl. I'm back, baby. Look at what we have here. Look at what we have here. David. Mm-hmm. Tim. Anthony. My friend. My friend Tim. We've got Chris. a lot to talk about. How was John Wick 3? Great. That's of, awesome. I All don't right. want to give anything away if you've not seen it. Well, I haven't seen it, Um, but I, one day. I think you can assume what the movie is like. Uh. Yeah, the greatest franchise in the history of cinema. Yes, lots of 10-minute long fight scenes. You know my favorite part about John Wick is? How he only shoots people a lot of times. (laughs) Yes, yes. And then they die. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's more or less what it is. So anything else going on with you? Oh, not too much. What have you been up to? Oh, just hanging out. Hanging out. Yeah, you've been uh, just kind of staying in your apartment for a while. Yes, I've been staying in my apartment for a little while. Uh, I I took a brief sojourn over down the street on mm-hmm. Division and Western to uh, Presence Medical Facility, six nights in the hospital. Yeah, how'd that go for you? Oh, my Normal? goodness. Well, first of all, let me say... Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about mm-hmm. Alkaline Trio. My name is Tim. His name is David. I missed him so much. Yeah, it's been honestly quite a while we, at this point. We ran, uh, we ran through our back catalog, and then it w- I was just in a position to not be able to have you over to talk. Well, because, I mean... To be fair, we, we designed it to where you were going to move, which you did. Yes. And we were going to be clear and then come back and record and then things happened well yeah to make a long story short i went to the er thinking that i had a hernia uh they living with a hernia i I feel bad i sent that song yeah to a few friends and then had to retract it yeah yeah no hernia even though it was like for me a very clear conclusion you've been moving a lot of stuff around you're 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 out of shape especially in your abdomen mm-hmm. which is what happens when you have a hernia is that your guts pop out of your abdomen yeah and i mean to be fair i was surprised to hear it because i know you start every day by doing 700 sit-ups yeah so I, I, I assumed you had a very strong core nobody was more surprised than i um Went to the ER because my doctor was just like, you are miserable. You got to get this taken care of. There's no need for you to wait for a specialist for this stuff. Go in there, uh, get a scan. They say, oh, you have appendicitis. I'm like, what about my hernia? My poor hernia. That never was. Um, And so I'm taken in overnight. I have... uh, in the morning, I have what is referred to as a laparoscopic appendectomy, which is where they just make a couple small incisions. They put a camera inside of you. And okay. They, they go and do it from there. Um, but my 
surgeon was uh, was thwarted when he when he when he put that thing inside me because he encountered this very large mass of goo and your abdomen not my abdomen this was from the netherworld this oh, was oh um a thing the size of softball apparently i had appendicitis like a year ago and what happened was my appendix was just like leaking and draining good fluid great and it turned into this big old thing mm. and they had to take it out of me. They had to take my appendix out, obviously. Sure. Uh, part of my no, no good anymore. No good anymore. It was, it was never good for anything. Yeah, I don't really know what an appendix does except uh, eventually this. It's, uh, eventually, yeah, it's got to be taken out or you just you get you get to skate by. My okay. tonsils abscessed when I was in college. I like, got dumped and I was just at home. Mm. Or no, in my dorm room and I got really sick and then... Went to the ER and they were just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so it's a, I'm an abscess guy. Uh, apparently so. Um, yeah, the, the, the part of my colon and uh, part of my actual abdominal wall got taken out, and then me, Jesus. I just I just hung out of the hospital for six nights. It was great fun. Yeah, um, I'm sure you've told this story a lot at this point. Uh, Not enough, because I'm still processing yes. the fact that this crazy thing happened to me, and I got this six-inch wound now. Yeah, I was not prepared for that part of it. I thought you were, like, sealed up. Yeah, no, He's I'm not. still... I'm, I'm Dear still, listener, <laughs> he is not. I still got staples, baby. Um, Yeah, I mean, because... So I... In the middle of this, you went in the hospital... You and I were texting, and you were like, ah, everything seems fine. Just yeah. a hernia. It'll be fine. And then you text me, and you're like, actually, and, and you relay that story, yeah. right? So I was like, oh, well, you know, I should go visit Tim. I da, 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 da. And then I got the stomach flu. <laughs> yeah. So you were laid up, and I was also laid up much less severely. But yes, I was thank of, you for pointing that out. I was so of no help <laughs> to you either. <laughs> I have had a lot of help, and I've been uh, extraordinarily thankful for that. My mom came. Uh, Jamie is a fucking superhero. Yeah. Um, because on top of all of this, we are in a new apartment that uh, was not ready for us to move into it yet. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's where this tale really begins, is that you moved and the apartment wasn't ready, so that delayed things just in terms of you getting set up yeah of us meeting up to do this and then you were in the hospital for six days right so you've kind of had a bad roll of the dice here it's been a strange month it was like i don't know have you i was living such a quiet life over the past year, sure, I was living in a in a spot that was a little bit removed from where the action is in in Chicago, and mm -hmm. kind of just I you know was living a kind of old man life, and I rem I remember thinking around the springtime like something bad hasn't happened in a while. Mm -hmm. How long does that go? Am yeah. I just am I just old enough now to where like everything is just going to be kind of you know. Bland. straightforward until you get to a point where you're actively starting to like have your body 
decay. Sure. And then I'm going to the doctor all the time, and it's like, no, that that decay's been growing inside of you for the past year, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what you've been up to um, and still are up to, I guess, because you still have staples in you. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a of a recovery period. You know, I came out of the hospital, uh, what was it, a week and a half ago. Sure. And um, it's just all been slow. It's kind of a, a test in just understanding that no matter what you want to do, you're not always in charge. Yeah. And when I came out of the hospital, I wanted to go see John Wick 3 on opening night. Uh-huh. And there was just no chance that that was happening. Thursday, I kind of had to deal with the fact, like, I can't do that. Yeah, I, I just yeah. can't go and do that. It's too much activity. I went to the Metro for the first time, or this was my first time going out and doing a thing, was going to see Rat Boys and Pup on Thursday at the Metro. Um, they had a, a seat upstairs for me. A, th- I was, a big throne, really. Yeah. I was comfortable in it, but man, three flights of stairs. It's a lot of stairs. Getting, maneuvering around people even a little bit, just having people come and say hi, and just being like, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there for an hour and a half, and then I was like, I gotta go home. You're like, I have to pee, I need to leave. So I will say that, I've been looking forward to this mm-hmm. for quite some time. Yeah, you've been uh, you've been in your home a lot, mm-hmm. sitting here. Oh God, you don't understand what it can feel like to be just unable to do a thing that you want to do, and then you just gotta sit on the couch and look at boxes mm-hmm. that need to be emptied with things inside that need to be put away mm-hmm. and you can't do any of it. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, pretty brutal, I would say. Um things have been worse. Have they? Uh maybe. I don't know. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be doing a thing. I'm happy that you and I have been able to spend the last hour uh together while i try and figure out how to make this new uh recording device that we got here work yeah i mean so to bring you up to speed in the present moment uh i was a bit late getting over here i was riding my bike from a a place further than my apartment and that was unfun because it's 80 degrees and incredibly windy that was (laughs) not super thrilling for me would not recommend uh don't do four miles in the straight headwind and then i got here and we Kind of caught Was up. Was there any cold wind? Sorry. Mm, no. No. Oh, it's cold rain. You were close. Dude, I'm, I'm all mixed up on amoxicillin. To quote 311, you're all messed up, don't know what to do. Ha. Uh, but anyway, got over here and we were like, oh, okay, let's go do it. You bought this uh, fancy new thing. I don't know what it's called. Sounds great in my ears right now. Uh, and then we spent an hour trying to figure out how to not have it panned. But here we are. So this is really a testament to our perseverance, friends. And with that, uh, we decided to let Tim choose the song for this week. I really strong-armed this one. I was like, yeah, oh, I got a lot of things to get off of my chest. So what's the what's the best song that I can think of that can help me encapsulate the fact that I've been uh, 
in a hospital bed for longer than I anticipated, and I've been uh, unable to really do anything. And I chose another innocent girl. Why? I don't know. I was going to ask. But it was the one that I just wanted to do the entire time. So it might not even be the fact that I'm somehow relating to this song. Maybe we will find out in this therapy session of ours. But this is a song that I have loved since the moment I heard it. Interesting. And From Here to Infirmary was my first Alkaline Trio record. Mm -hmm, Yes. And I think that there is something about this song where Take Lots with Alcohol is obviously the first dance song that comes on From Here to Infirmary. But this is so starkly in contrast to Mm -hmm. everything else that I just locked into it right away. And there's an emotional experience that goes on with this and it's kind of unique from everything else in the canon yeah up to that point um i do just want to get this off my chest first is it's it's really a shame you didn't pick the torture doctor which seems like the most obvious uh selection but (laughs) moving on um yeah i i said this to you in pre-pro but you remember this is one of those songs I've known it for as long as this record's been out. I really like it, but it's one of those, and we've discussed this phenomenon before where I kind of low rate it in my brain where I know it, but I don't, it's not the one that comes to me and gets stuck in my head so much. So that when you picked it, you know, generally if you name an alkaline trio song, my, my uh, brain can kind of conjure it up and I, I, I hear it. So that started happening and I'm listening to it and I'm like, Oh, that's you've got so far to go. Like I just heard the verses, at, like the the you know weird every voice turn out when you spoke and all the lights go. Di- and I was like, wait, that's the wrong song. What? And then I had put it on and I was like, oh yeah. And I guess to your point, it is so starkly different. But we've discussed two other great Dan songs from Maybe I'll Catch Fire. You've got so far to go, and uh, she took him to the lake. Great little story songs. Yeah, kind of like first person he kind of love songs and this feels it's it's very different but lyrically it feels like an outgrowth of that of him really becoming more of a storyteller of him really um i think becoming a little more obtuse in a sense where like when i was a kid and i heard another innocent girl i didn't know what the fuck the song was about i think that one of the things that i really latched on to within experiencing this song and I still really get a lot of value out of is the fact that it presents something that isn't exactly what kind of carries through to the end of it. It's, yeah. it, it's interesting in that you compare it to You've Got So Far To Go, She Took Him To The Lake, where those songs are pretty obviously yes. about what they're about, but you start off with this song and it's like, oh, here's this tragic figure Mm -hmm. that Dan has focused in on in a certain way. And a lot of it is so sad. But then as things progress, you find out that this is a very manipulative person. And I mean, obviously with the title... 
another innocent girl. You see, sure. it, you see someone falling into this trap, but then you get into, you know, it 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 becomes more stark as things go on, mm-hmm. and that's a really really engaging experience from a storytelling perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is like, so when I heard this record as a kid, you know, and and to be fair. It's not that I could directly relate to all of their material because there was so much about like drinking and, you know, being this massive fuck up and like I didn't drink and, you know, all that shit. So like there was always this level of I was connecting to them because it evoked something beyond just what was on the surface. And I think this song is a really interesting example of a of the type of Dan song specifically, not just Alkaline Trio, but Dan, where the older I've gotten, the more it's really resonated with me. The more I've seen, the, the more it's just kind of exposed that like he had this very interesting perspective that oftentimes, like in this one now, like I often wonder if he's looking at himself in the mirror and just writing about all the stuff he doesn't like about himself or if this is a portrait of another person or wh- where beforehand I could be like, oh, he just wants to talk to Kathleen on the phone and right. oh, he like, you know, had a nice walk home with this uh, girl he likes. That's cool. And But now it's like, okay, are you indicting someone around you? Are you seeing the things in a person that you consider a friend that you don't like in yourself? Or are you just singing about you? Right. And I find that to be a really, really engaging aspect of it. And I think that, you know, if you look at She Took Him to the Lake where there is a pretty, like, pretty plain story that's told yeah he does have aspects of vagary that are in it that you know he's telling you the story but he's leaving things out of it just so that you can kind of open yourself up to different interpretations absolutely and this one i absolutely love what you're saying about the fact that he's looking at someone and and somebody who's got you know the shtick that's kind of picked up the the idea that he's really just watching someone pick up somebody at a bar yeah and seeing it from the corner and just being like this motherfucker like he's got it down pat Mm -hmm. and then also looking at yourself and being like well this is this is kind of what i came here to do too yeah and hearing you know a portrayal of of someone who reminds you of yourself in kind of tough ways i think is one of the more captivating experiences that you can have with a piece of art Mm -hmm. is like here is someone who is obviously so plainly bad yeah here are aspects of that person that i I share yeah do you think he was writing about matt skiba (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) this tattoo shows up and he's like oh yeah, okay, cool. You got a... I love that line, though. Yeah. That the idea that the tattoo is the reason to think, and it's mm-hmm. not that you are motivated by something so much that you want it tattooed on you. Mm-hmm. It's the tattoo itself that guides you. It's the the vapidness of changing something about your presentation of yourself as a person, and then seeing that as what is helpful to you, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think people do like to ascribe intent to those things in a way, you know, or or uh, treat them as, like, a way of maybe being like, oh, well, this did the job for me. I'm, I'm, I, 
I thought of this thing and that represents this thing about me. So now it, now that I've gotten the tattoo, it just, well, that's there. And, and I've done the work now. And it's like, that's not really how things go. Um, and I think the symbolism of that is something that the older I've gotten, the more I've seen in terms of people like uh, pushing things off and, and using these kind of like vague symbols as a way of saying like, well, I'm aware of it. Right. You know, and yeah. I think I think there's a lot of that in this song that I definitely did not get as a kid. So I'm curious, like you said, you've loved this song basically from the jump. Like, why did this immediately kind of resonate with you? Honestly, it was the moment that I fell in love with Dan. Mm. The way that music can hit you sometimes in just just the fact that this comes after a song like Stupid Kid. Sure. A completely different pace dropped out it's just this guy with this really interesting voice mm-hmm. and he's singing a song and it's about someone and it's detailed and it's so if dan always feels like the thing that we're all so happy about discovering within this music that is you know image-wise it's Matt's band. Yeah. Dan's Dan is like the B-sides always. Mm-hmm. It's always there. And it hit me in such a way that I just became engaged with it. And I think the feeling of um oh man, like this this poor guy. Sure. And then it becomes like, oh. Mm, that self-pity shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think you clued into something that I think speaks to a bigger whole here, which is like, it's a song that made you fall in love with Dan. But I also read this in a lot of ways as a song where Dan feels comfortable with himself. I think so much of his songs earlier in the band's career and really earlier in his career as a songwriter has been kind of hiding his voice a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think this is like a, a well-kept secret but you know he's been or at least in the earlier years like had trouble being a front person because he was kind of self-conscious about his lisp right Mm -hmm. and it it comes through when he sings like that's just part of him but when you look at the stuff before this it's kind of always hidden you know there's always an instrument backing it up that's more of the focus and i i feel like in this song and really a lot on this album like if you look at this or crawl or you know he's leaving a lot more space for him just to be the focus for his voice to really guide you through it. And I think the verses of this song are, you know, a real strong example of that. And I think it's just one of those things where you see him become a really confident songwriter. Not that he was a bad songwriter before, but I think he was always trying to maybe keep a little, keep a little bit of a wall up. And I really love the confidence in not only just dropping out and letting his voice just be exposed mm-hmm. as, as as a different type of uh, a different type of voice, but also the fact that this song uh, has such a determined pace. Yes, and the fact that you have two choruses to it. Yeah, and the you know it's a valid reason which then becomes another innocent girl. And then you get the bigger chorus uh-huh. of when we get home, we'll say, but even waiting to waiting to drop that 
the second time. Yes. And then, you know, coming back and, and ending with it, but adding even more to it. And I have just always loved the fact that as this song goes, you get a little bit more detail about this person. It's yeah. No, it's not just that he's kind of kind of gross. It's sure. that, oh, he's like very gross. He's yeah. Like manipulative yeah. and bad A bad dude. person. And he waits until that, until the end of it, to tell you all of that. He doesn't just tell it to you, and he waits to add the details to it by extending good parts. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what makes this, and I think this is this is the thing that, like, the older I've gotten when I was younger, I used to connect to lyrics a lot more. And it's not that I don't now, but you've kind of heard a lot of things before, right? So, like, mm-hmm. it's fun to go to a song like this where I know every word to it and I know how it goes, but really to look at it just structurally and how he's revealing these things and how he's using the dynamics of the band around him to help kind of push and pull, to, to, to really soften these things and then kind of, you know, turn the screws a little bit. I, I've always really appreciated that. I think in this era of his songwriting, and I think really leading into Good Morning, you see him being so deliberate in terms of like how everything's paced, where everything rests, you know, when a guitar pulls back, when it goes for palm muting, whatever. Like I feel like he's be, he's so intentional in this time period, and it allows a song like this to have a reveal that isn't necessarily to me like it's not punching you in the face with it. But it's just this very soft and slow realizations and understandings and reveals to where you're kind of like, oh, like it's kind of like you're living through the hindsight of it. You see it one way and then by the end, you're there's just a perspective there that is so not immediate that I think it's really hard to express in a song. And especially, too, in terms of the fact that this is this is a punk band. This uh-huh. is a, this is a band who go back to the beginning, and it's I got to get everything out as much as mm-hmm. I can, and especially for someone like Dan. Message from Kathleen has so much going on in that song because yeah. it's his one song. Yeah. So this perspective kind of, I guess, comes in in hindsight a little bit, but just the the fact that he's using his limited space to do something that stretches so far and the payoff isn't anything like anything else that's around it where it's like there's no like big moment of catharsis it kind of just ends with a grayness you know totally ends like a fucking flannery o'connor story where it's just Mm. like oh damn everyone fucking is miserable yeah 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 everyone is bad all of the time but and I think it's it's why a song like this makes so much sense is because like when you look at the rest of the material on the album, maybe not all of it, but like Matt's not doing much of that on this record. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you could say on the preceding or the previous material, like Matt's really kind of doing similar explorations largely of himself. But Infirmary is where he's, I think, just trying to write good songs. Yeah. So you get Stupid Kid, you get Private Eye, you get Armageddon, you get Mr. Chainsaw, you get Trucks and Train... Like, songs where they're not really about anything. They're good, and, and they are They're very... also... They're stretching for a hit. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and the, the, that's not in 
any way a negative. No, 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 no. Stupid Kid is a great hit. It is a great, like, vague song that everybody can relate to. And as we've discussed, like, I like a lot of those songs. Like, that's not me trying to, like, disparage him, but he's going for something different. Yeah. And then I think when you really look at it, you're seeing Dan start to be like, okay, this is who I am. I think everything he had done previous to this record was kind of in relation to other people right and like not that this song isn't but i'm definitely of the belief that like it's so he's looking outward and then also looking inward and you don't really get that and i think especially if we're going to talk about like the first thing most people heard of him with this band uh enjoy your day like that to me though i like that song more than a lot of people that's not a confident song. No. Yeah. You can hear it in the delivery. You can hear it in the performance. You can hear it in just the guitar line. It's so like, okay, um, I've got something to say. Yeah. I think, you know, something that I've, that I have kind of gone back and, and realized that, you know, before bands like the Alkaline Trio, like my favorite band was the Goo Goo Dolls. And, yeah, yeah. you know, the kind of the Westerbergian, type of songwriting where it's you give me a really good pre-chorus and mm-hmm. a really good nice chorus and like a good hook like that's what i really sink my teeth into it's like the faster stuff is like yeah this gets me excited but like this hits me the way that shit did when i was you know yeah your age when <laughs> this record came out. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah i i that's interesting because like for me, all that stuff came later. You know, it's not like I I was aware of the Goo Goo Dolls, who was not at that point. You know, but like, right? It, they were huge. <laughs> so like, yeah. Th- to me, I I'm talking. By the way, this is '93 Goo Goo Dolls. I'm talking about. Just yes, 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 yes. But it, you know, there's good stuff on the couple records after that. Oh yeah. So for like, sure. but it's like I'm not saying like, oh, this really reminds me of Slide. No, no, it's definitely hitting more of that superstar car wash era. But again, like I didn't become aware of that type of their songwriting until fucking much later. Yeah, for right? sure. For sure. Just because it was not the thing. So like, I get what you're saying, and I think this has that in a way that you know, I think a lot of what Skeeb is doing on this record is it's just immediacy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think there is some really creative songwriting that he's coming with. Some of it doesn't always land, but I think works because of just he tries and maybe it's not a hundred percent, but it's it's a solid B plus, you know. Whereas Dan I think has more of that understanding of like this is how you write a quote unquote good song. Yeah. And he's making it feel his in a way that you don't see, you know, on She Took Him to the Lake, he's trying to rush through a a, a buzzy little pop punk song you have i i've been meaning to tell you this for for a while you tweeted one time i think about this so often the fact that you just disparage the moment in someone's musical career where they just become a good songwriter yes because it's like your criticism is so spot on because it's just like yeah they really learned how to write a bridge. Like, yeah, and here's the thing. I, I get it. That's good, but it's also just like that's a real easy way to not actually look at the fact that these songs don't have the heart that they used to. Yeah. A, a metaphor I've used for this recently like to explain it is like the reason people love like a good handcrafted table 
is because that person put all of themselves into it, considered every decision, sanded it down themselves. That's awesome. When their table is mass produced in Ikea, it doesn't matter because we all have it. We've all heard it. Uh We've all seen it. It doesn't matter because whatever you saw first, you care about most, right? And like the the example I use most in talking about this, and this is not meant to be shitty, is Laura Jane Grace. Like against me resonated so hard Mm -hmm. with me getting reinventing when that record came out because I was like just blind buying no idea shit of like, well, I've never heard something like this before. These songs do not make sense. And though I don't think she's undergone such a massive decline the last like her last solo record and the last couple against me records i'm like yeah these are capital g good songs mm-hmm. but it's nothing that makes it so- like anyone this else is, singing th- on right this. this is th- this is the phase in your life where you're you're living as a songwriter yeah yeah exactly and like god fucking bless right uh-huh so like when i say that i feel like dan is a really good songwriter on this record like that's something I say and I know that it could also read as disparaging, but I think he's, there's still so much of him yeah. in this, like the, the pieces in crawl or the way he leaves open space in this song is not a decision other people would make. And I think for me, at least good morning is kind of the pinnacle of him as a good songwriter where it's still him. Mm-hmm. I still see him in it, but he's doing it the way you're supposed to. Yeah. And I think Skiba conversely has never done that as much yeah i think it has found very good lanes for him to write really unique songs that, yes that are matt skiba songs mm-hmm. but you lucinda williams could sing another innocent girl yes. and it would be flawless yeah no totally totally like it's one where it's such a good song that i think you could give this to another person and it would be great whereas a song like Trucks and Trains works because Matt's doing it. Right. And I, I think, like, you know, I, I know that I've been, like, mostly answering your original question throughout this episode, but there was, you know, that aspect of growing up and listening to a lot of my parents' music, which yeah. was, like, cool music for your parents to be listening to, but parent, no other parents were listening to it because they're listening to the fucking Eagles or something. No, Totally. I really latched on to, I think, just the fact that this was structurally such a familiar mm-hmm. song. And amidst all of the craziness that I'm hearing, I'm also hearing something that's just like, damn, this is like hitting me the same way. Like, you know, John Hyatt songs hit me when I when my dad would play them. No, totally. And I think that's an interesting thing to call out here. Right. Because I do think. I think the one of the struggles Dan has always had and will always have with this band, maybe the new record notwithstanding, is that like he was never the guy writing the punk songs, right? Mm-hmm. So if you came to this band through that avenue, which I did, and I assume a lot of people who got into them between the beginning and the mid-2000s were coming to, to Alkaline Tree with, through some version of like, this is punk or this is pop punk or this is all really absolutely something yeah. that was different. So they wanted it to feel not like what they were hearing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what has always made it's, it's what makes people who are a fan of music at large, a bigger Dan fan, I would say, but people who are a fan of punk, less interested in what he offers, a little less interested in what he brings to the table because 
he doesn't he's not just giving you the the fast aggressive like rebelliousness not that that's what this band was always about but you get what i mean i yeah and i think that this this song fits in with a lot of dance songs where if you were to go see trio and this shows up in the middle of the set everybody's gonna be like oh fuck yeah yeah yeah. i can't I'm so pumped that they're playing this. Exactly. They probably don't play it often. It feels like a deep cut somehow. Yeah. And boy, I can't wait to sing along with that chorus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's definitely one of those where I think it's it's probably initially for a lot of people, um, maybe a track they skip over, but I think it is one that grows on you. Because like you said, it's it's just so classic in its structure. It's just so well executed. And the decisions he makes throughout are so strong and so confident. And it's it's the kind of song where maybe when I was a teenager, I was like, oh, it's a good song. But now I, I really, really see it as being so much more than that. And I like being at this point in my life where I can look back on it and feel similar ways that I think he does throughout this song. You know, mm-hmm. of being probably in my early twenties, going out to bars with people and but da da and now being like, God, like I hated that guy then and I hated that I was that guy. You yeah. know, like I th- I think there's there's just such a sh- I don't even really know how to describe it, but there's a perspective and this just real, I think, authentic exploration of like what it means to grow up and not these very like checkbox kind of ways. Yeah it's i think that the the look on this on this individual is so harsh because dan sees it and dan sees it probably as something that you know he was or he was a version of but he's looking at somebody who's he should be over that phase by now yeah it's time for you to grow up Mm -hmm. and it's it's incredible to me that he says so much within the song and never explicitly says any of it right yeah yeah i mean it's it's gonna sound so shitty but the reason there's a reason dan does what he does and the reason there's a reason matt skiba is singing i guess this is growing up (laughs) i will say a couple quick notes on this i think it's a very fantastic uh performance for uh the mike felimley era Oh yeah, he's so locked into it. As we discussed with trucks and trains, this style of song is where he is at his absolute best. I have a lot of gripes with the way Infirmary sounds. Yeah, it's a bad sounding record. Guitar sound really, really nice for this mm-hmm. for this song in particular, and it's not just that little. Nah, nah, it's the fact that that like sort of, actually not sort of, extraordinarily dated guitar sound just works really really well for this one as we've discussed this is a poorly produced record or engineered <laughs> record or someone dropped a ball somewhere um right but, on their toe <laughs> but on songs like this songs like crawl the, the more open ones where there are these more subtle guitar things and just like the songs build it, it really does carve out a sonic space where i'm like i wouldn't change what this sounds like yeah there are moments on this record where i wish i could this is not one of them. Yeah, definitely. What do you rate it? I'm going four and a half out of five. I think it's really, really good. Yeah. I, I'm i surprised that you rated it as, 
as high as you did there. I like I said, it's a sleeper pick where like when I went back and listened to it and really picked it apart, I was like, there's so many great decisions. There are so many memorable parts of this song and, and, and me confusing it with you've got so far to go is not because I think it's a forgettable song. But I see the linking parts to these other things, and I think it made me realize how much, as you kind of put it, of like falling in love with Dan, it made me realize that like this is such an important song for Dan as a songwriter, mm-hmm. and I think it doesn't really get the love it deserves. And I, it, it's it's nice to hear it and be able to like, oh, I see you trying that two years earlier, four years earlier, five years earlier, and really nailing it here. And it's just one of those where. It's, I wouldn't, if you would have asked me, I probably would have not told you I would give it that, but it, I'm really looking at it. It's, it's hard not to. It's funny. I gave it a four. It was my decision. You rated it higher than I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? This is, uh, for me personally, this, this goes down as one of my absolute favorite episodes of this podcast. Yeah. Um, really happy to be here. Me too. It's been all, it's been a while. Um, we are glad that you're here too, and that you, um, a lot of you have, have sent well wishes and that really just meant so much to me. Um, but this is, uh, this is a really, really lovely thing that we get to take part in. And I am sort of, I guess I get these moments sometimes where I'm just kind of at a loss for the fact that anybody cares about this. I know. And we really do appreciate all of you for joining. Uh, invite you to invite someone else. Or if you want, you can go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. You can pledge to us to help keep the show going, to continue to upgrade some of our equipment. equipment. Yes. Um, and it's a fun space for you to you know help us uh dictate how the show goes we got polls over there you can choose the songs that we talk about next and one of those we're going to talk about next week i've been dying to talk about it since we started well i am dying to get better (laughs) and i will continue to do that we will be back next week i guarantee it we'll see you then thanks folks